Chapter 2 Tramon never felt like eating while he was inside the house. The atmosphere was so unpleasant, and he found that the smell of the addicts, the sweat and the filth, robbed him of his appetite. He wound down the window to breathe in the fresh, cold air and found that he was hungry. He diverted to the 7-Eleven in Ridgewood, parked the Torino in front and went in. He bought a sandwich and a six-pack and took them back to the car. He pulled away again, found his way to Broadway and settled in for the short drive to his place in McCarran Park. He hit the lights on Union Avenue and glanced up into the rearview mirror. The street behind him was empty. It was after midnight now and there were only a few cars around. A police cruiser turned out of Hayward and rolled up alongside him. Tramon knew he was good. He wasn't carrying his piece. He only had a few hundred dollars on him and the car was registered to him, just as it should be. The knowledge gave him the confidence to glance across the cabin and out of the window, eye-fucking the cop who glared back at him sourly. The light changed. Tramon let the cop pull out first, then tailed along behind him. Tramon's place faced the Williamsburg waterfront on the East River and had a view of the city from Lower Manhattan all the way up to the Queensboro Bridge. He parked the Torino in the garage and went up to the fourth floor. His place was the corner apartment in a block and had big floor-to-ceiling windows that he left uncovered so that he could enjoy the spectacular view. It had rich, wide-plank American walnut floors, a custom-designed kitchen with a sub-zero fridge, Viking ovens, chrome hardware and marble countertops with a pure crystal-white backsplash. The bath was offset with custom tiling and he had dropped a small fortune on contemporary chrome fixtures and a frameless glass-enclosed shower with rainhead and separate soaking tub. He went into the living room. He reached for the light switch and then paused, changed his mind and went to the window instead. He stared out at the view. It was the reason he had bought the place. The Empire State Building and the Chrysler Building were right in front of him, slender daggers that glowed in the darkness. His business was in Brooklyn and it made no sense for him to go and live on the island but he found it reassuring to know that he would have been able to afford it if he so chose. To have the vista laid out for him here, his own private show, was a reminder of what his hard work had made possible. He saw the ghost-like reflection of the man behind him, but he didn't have enough time to react. He felt strong hands on his shoulders before he was shoved hard across the room. He crashed into the sideboard and bounced back, turning around and walking into a straight right jab that connected flush on his jaw. It was a stiff blow, hard enough to tremble his knees. He was halfway through blinking the blackness out of his eyes when he was struck again on the jaw once more and he crashed back into the sideboard and slid down to land on his backside. He was woozy, but remembered enough to reach up for the knife on the kitchen countertop. It was an instinctive reaction that was, perhaps, one that he might have been better to ignore. His face was at the same level as the attacker's knee and, before he had even managed to slide his fingers across the smooth marble to the block, the man had kneed him in the side of the head. 
A curtain of darkness fell over everything. He was aware of the side of his head bouncing against the floor before he blacked out completely. Chapter 3 Dramon was aware of a light shining directly at his face. His eyes were closed, the lids glowing so that he could see the lattice of veins that were spread across them. He opened his eyes and immediately closed them again. The standard lamp with the adjustable bulbs had been moved across the room so that it was in front of him, and the light had been adjusted so that it shone into his face. He had seen the silhouette of a man sitting behind the lamp. Hello? Tramon tried to speak, but the words wouldn't come. How's the head? He tried to move, but found that he could not. His arms were straight against his torso, and his hands...